Welcome to the Spirit of Work solo episodes of the Culture and Leadership Connections podcast. If you long to see happier and more humane workplaces and want to reflect on how that could happen, you are in the right place. These monthly solo episodes are based on my book, The Spirit of Work, Timeless Wisdom, Current Realities. The book was written from three complementary sources of knowledge. One, the sacred writings of the world's spiritual traditions. Two, scientific developments on human behavior and well-being in the workplace. And three, insightful experiences from business, my clients, and my own work. In each episode, I elaborate on one of the ideas from the book and ask questions to help us all think more holistically about work. Join me as we combine the wisdom of the past and the reading of our current realities to build the future of work. And now for today's episode. Hello, my name is Marie Gervais, and I'm the host of the Culture and Leadership Connections podcast. Last year, I published a book called The Spirit of Work, Timeless Wisdom, Current Realities. It was written for leaders, changemakers, and anyone who yearns to build a humane and sustainable system of work. Everything in this book is about intentionally building the kind of workplace culture and leadership characteristics where human beings can thrive and prosper while living respectfully and harmoniously with our beautiful planet. These monthly Spirit of Work solo episodes feature an excerpt from the book with some commentary and offer insights to help listeners apply the frameworks to different contexts. I would welcome your thoughts and stories to add to our collective understanding of work as a sacred relational responsibility. For this episode, I would like to begin with a quote from the opening page on page one by the late Indigenous author Richard Wagamese. He writes, All my relations means all. When a speaker makes this statement, it's meant as recognition. Recognition of the principles of harmony, unity, and equality. It's a way of saying that you recognize your place in the universe and that you recognize the place of others and of other things in the realm of the real and the living. In that is a powerful evocation of truth. Because when you say those words, you mean everything that you are kin to, not just people who look like you, talk like you, act like you, sing, dance, celebrate, worship, or pray like you. Everyone. You also mean everything that relies on air, water, sunlight, and the power of the earth and the universe itself for sustenance and perpetuation. It's recognition of the fact that we are all one body moving through time and space together. To say these words is to offer a doorway to that understanding to those who hear you. It's to proclaim in one sentence that this experience of living is a process of coming together and that it was always meant to be. Richard Wagamese. Relationality, harmony, unity, and equality are what have been missing from the workplace since the beginning of the Industrial Revolution, and this book is an attempt to begin rectifying that oversight. Richard's text describes a mindset, an attitude about who we are and how we should be in the world. We all carry these attitudes, which are for the most part unconscious expressions of what we see social reality to be. When people say, oh, that's not realistic, they mean it's not realistic according to my understanding of the world. But because we're swimming in this world, explaining the world to others is like asking fish to describe water. As humans, one of our powers is to reflect on who we are and on our actions. We can help our implicit beliefs become tacit by looking at the majority of the media we consume, which I write about in the introductory chapter. Here's another excerpt from that chapter. There is no denying that work and workplaces are experiencing a crisis. From my perspective, the problem is a misdiagnosis of a malady that cannot be solved with logical proofs alone. 
Research, statistics, and logical arguments simply do not have the power to affect hearts, minds, or behaviors. Reasoning does not affect people's deep-seated beliefs and allegiances to those communities with whom they identify. Attitudes and beliefs that see human nature as predominantly aggressive, self-serving, and motivated incorrigibly by self-interest currently dominate our workplace systems. They are supported by a host of books, movies, and games that project a bleak, dystopian view of a human race with no future other than destruction. These attitudes have in common a limited view of what it means to be a human being and what it means to be a human being at work. When we expand our view of human nature to that of unlimited potential for good, organically interconnecting within relationships to all of creation, we learn to read reality rather than to impose our limited beliefs upon it. Within this paradigm, we can envision a noble human being with unlimited gifts and powers, combined with increased ability to accurately read and respond appropriately to social realities. It is at this point of possibility that healthy, sustained transformation at both the individual and organizational levels becomes not only possible, but normal. What we've experienced so far is only normal because that's what we're used to and that's all we can see. But just imagine if we could see things slightly differently. Instead of saying, everyone's against me, it's me against them. What if we could transform this into, there's always a way to find a common interest, we just have to look for it. Instead of believing people's only motivation is money, what if we saw that people are motivated by being inspired and by the desire to be seen as competent and good? If we change these beliefs of limited potential into unlimited potentiality for good, it has a completely different effect on how we show up at work. I'm going to show you in a more personal way how this applies to me. Here's a belief that I used to have that affected the way I worked with other people, the way I worked with my colleagues, with stakeholders, and when I had a business, with my clients. And this is what I used to believe. I'm not very proud of it, but this is it. I kept saying, I feel like I'm surrounded by incompetence. Okay? That is a limiting belief. And when I examined it, I'm thinking from that belief that I have some sense of superiority and rightness over everybody else. That does not allow me to be open to learning, doesn't allow me to see reality. It only allows me to focus on mistakes and to think that any mistake that happens is a sign of a character flaw. I don't think that this belief was very useful for me or any of the people that I worked with. So I have changed that belief now. And I would say that right now, if I see somebody that I'm having a frustration with that I'm working with at work, my belief is how have I contributed to this? And how could we turn this around together? So instead of thinking that I was superior and other people had to do what I wanted, and if they didn't, then I saw them as incompetent, I now see them as something that they have been affected by, something that I did that has contributed to the problem, and that together we can figure out a solution. I don't think I have the answer or the solution. I do think that together we can figure something out, and I'm interested in hearing their perspective. Can you see how that would change the way I show up at work? It's pretty significant in the way that I see people, work with people, and treat people. And it helps me to be more humble and also to be more open. So all of us have these kinds of beliefs. We have tons of beliefs that we don't even know what they are. But here's one way you can discover what your beliefs are, how you should show up at work, what reality is, and why people do the things that they do. And it is to just keep track of the things you say all the time. What do you repeatedly say? Whatever you say repeatedly is an expression of your belief. So here's my reflection question to you from this first solo session of the Spirit of Work book. 
I have three questions. The first one is, how does your belief about who you are and how you should be in the world affect your relationship to work? And the second one is, how do your beliefs about how the world works and why people act the way they do and what is reality affect your approach to the workplace? How does it affect your relationships with colleagues, with managers, with stakeholders? And the third one is, how do you show up at work as a result of these beliefs? So if you examine your own beliefs, you may, as I did, get started on a transformative journey. That could make a big difference in the workplace. If only one person starts to see the others as being part of and relational to solving a problem that we have together and each contributing in their own way. It starts to grow in the same way that negative things grow. So people often think, oh, well, you know, if there's one poisonous thing that happens in the workplace and a negative comment, that that's the only thing that grows. But kind things grow as well. And in fact, there's an 83-year-old study by Harvard that was started in 1938. You can find it online. It's pretty much everywhere. Where a whole bunch of different researchers, because nobody's lived that long for the project, tested what seemed to be the most important factors in health. And they came with the same conclusions year after year. And the conclusions are that positive relationships keep us happier, healthier, and living longer. That's it. Everything else that we do matters not as much as positive relationships. And when people don't have positive relationships in their life, they're unhappier, unhealthier, living shorter lives, and contributing to making things negative around them in the same way that a negative comment can spread, a positive comment can spread. A belief about who you are in the world and who other people are in the world can be transformative or it can be restrictive. And positive relationships that we consciously try to work towards creating will make a difference wherever we are. We just need to be more systematic about it. We've been very systematic about war and destruction. So let's be systematic about building positive relationships. So let me read those reflection questions to you one more time. And if you have any ideas about it or stories you'd like to share, please email me, marie at shiftworkplace.com. Here are the questions. How does your belief about who you are and how you should be in the world affect your relationship to work? Two, how do your beliefs about how the world works and why people act the way they do and what is reality affect the way you approach your workplace and your colleagues? And three, how do you show up at work as a result of these beliefs? So reflect on them and feel free to send me some thoughts because we're all in this together and I'm looking forward to learning from you. Thanks for listening. And may culture and leadership connections continue to guide and inspire your day. News flash. Listeners can now interact with Culture and Leadership Connections podcast by leaving a voice or text message on fan list. It is a fun and quick way to let me know what you liked, ask a question, or leave a suggestion. I will feature some of the voice messages on upcoming episodes. You might be surprised to hear your own voice, but only if you leave a message, of course. So to leave your personal message or your question, go to shiftworkplace.com slash podcast and click on the fan list link to leave it. I can hardly wait to hear what you have to say. 